Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 275, and we're going to take a look at what is called the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Very interesting here. This is a government agency, so it is a federal I guess you could say it's part of a federal agency. So it's under a umbrella. So we're going to take a look at this puppy here because I think it's important to understand the different federal agencies that we have within the federal government of the United States of America. And I think the reason why it's important to understand these agencies is because first of all, it's our country. It takes our tax dollars to have these federal agencies be running and operating and also we need to be aware of what exactly these agencies do because sometimes they dictate things basically in our everyday lives and so we want to make sure that we are aware of these things and also people work in these agencies so these are workers and they have workers rights that extend from the constitution of the United States but also some of these federal workers and different federal agencies I would say some of them, not all of them, but some of them are unionized. There is a federal labor union. So I'm not always a fan of that. I understand why they have it, but I'm not always a fan of it because typically federal jobs are kind of the cream of the crop. So then also they are even more protected, which I don't think is right. They are even more protected when they are in a labor union. So basically their labor is seen as more important than everybody else's and that's not right. Technically that's not legal, that's not moral because we have equality here in the United States. If you're a citizen of the United States of America, there is equality. It doesn't matter whether you work for the federal government, the state government, you know basically if you work in the public sector, which would be a government job, or if you work in the private sector, which is basically everybody else. So we want to make sure that we understand all these different things, all these different facets that make up our country, which is basically the United States of America, and I say basically because sometimes people don't understand the country that we live in. And I say that because sometimes when I talk about the United States of America and I'm out and about in everyday life, I can pretty much always tell whenever I'm dealing with a socialist or a communist or a marxist or a fascist because they they get this weird facial expression whenever i mention america or whenever i say the united states of america or just the the united states and i'm like do you not realize where you live or where you are at this moment in time like if you're talking to me more than likely you're going to be in the state of oklahoma which is typically a red state which is kind of hypocritical because we have a lot of democrats here and i don't mean that negatively but oklahoma sometimes we tend to vote very democrat which I find that to be very odd because we are an at-will state. So, I always find it interesting when people claim to be democrat but yet they they want their money. It's like, well, if you're democrat, then typically you want less of your money because you want more of the government to take your money via taxes. So, it just it just kind of bamboozles me a little bit whenever I don't think people understand sometimes what party they're in. This is why I always tell people, you know, I don't care how you vote. I don't care how you vote. I wish more people would vote Republican um because that would greatly enhance our country, but again, your vote, if you're a citizen of the United States of America, your vote belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to you, just like my vote belongs to me. I do ask that when you do vote, that you actually believe in what you are voting for and whom you are trying to elect 
elect, excuse me, to public office, whatever that office is, whether it's the president of the United States, a senator, a house representative, um a governor, um city council, mayor, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be or maybe the the sheriff, you know, whatever the case may be. or even a judge I just remember that you know we have judges that we vote for especially at a state level so I do ask that however you vote really mean how you vote and that's between you and God or your conscience whatever how you want to word I know there's some people that are not religious at all or don't believe in God so that's between you and yourself and I guess nobody else but for me I believe in the God of Abraham and so how I vote is between me and him so I just ask that you mean how you vote and that that you honestly believe in what you're voting for and it's not just about oh i'm in this party or that party i i truly ask that whenever someone casts a vote in the united states of america that they actually mean it and they know who they are voting for and what that person stands for excuse me and what they want to do for the country sorry i kind of have the hiccups a little bit so that's my concern with voting again i don't care how you vote because your vote is your vote and that is very important so i'm just saying make sure your vote counts but also do not be a bully about it i've met some bullies over the years oh my gosh they they can't stand that i'm republican i'm like well i could care less what you are i mean i don't care i don't care if you're democrat i mean just be who you want to be and hopefully that's a good thing of what you want to be but I always find it interesting whenever people they I can always tell when they don't really value America whenever they want to stifle or stop someone else's freedom of speech because that tells me right there they do not understand the constitution of the United States of America and they do not understand the very country that they live in so needs to say if you do not believe in freedom of speech then America is not for you And it just it always kind of shocks me whenever someone says, "Oh, we we can't talk about that." In times past, I'd be like, "Yes, we can. This is America. We have freedom of speech. Like no one's going to stop me from speaking. It's just not it's just not going to happen. It's just not." And so, then someone will say, "Oh, well, you know, we shouldn't talk about politics." I'm like, "I could care less. I'm not political. I'm just saying it like it is." And usually whenever I'm talking about anything to do with the political party whether it's republican, democrat, you know, libertarian or maybe talking about the UK and the labor party. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about legislation. Legislation affects everybody equally. Because because that's what legislation is supposed to do. It is supposed to I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. Legislation, hopefully when it is good legislation, It is supposed to help provide stability for the public. Especially at a government level, whether it's local, state or federal. So there's some people that they don't like how I talk and I'm like get over it. Like it's very rare I meet someone that I like how they talk, but I don't claim or even desire to try and control someone else's speech because I think whenever you try and control someone else someone else's speech, you're the one that's evil. You're the one that's being hateful and manipulative and you're you're trying to control someone else's life, their brain, their speech and trying to control their dignity and that is not your job, just like it's not my job. So let me say this, 
Um, if you're one of these people that is stuck up or liberal, it's usually liberals and progressives that try and say, um, oh, we can't talk about that. It's like, yes, we can. We are not in a Muslim country. We do not practice Sharia law, although Sharia law is here in the United States, specifically in Democrat states, usually up in uh, the northern part of the United States, which is very sad to me because our citizens up there are suffering Um, at the hands of a bunch of idiots and morons that think, oh, um, you should be free to practice whatever religion or politics you want. That is true to a certain extent. And let me explain that for a moment. It's true to a certain extent, and I say to a certain extent, because the moment you start violating someone else's, someone else's rights, that's when your religion or your theocracy or your theology, whatever it is, That's when you are no longer entitled to it, when it violates someone else's rights. Because then you, within your thinking or your religion or your mindset, you're trying to stop someone else from living their life and having their freedoms. If that's what you're trying to do, which I have met some people that are supposedly Americans, quote-unquote, then you, then you don't really understand what America is and what we were founded on. Again, I've said this before, our founding fathers... left Great Britain, okay, many of them were part of the gentry, so they were aristocrats, some of them. I, I guess you could, or bureaucrats might be a better word. But they were here in the original 13 colonies, and they did not like what the monarchy was doing here in the United States. Or if we, Again, we would have been the colonies at that time, the, the original 13 colonies. And so for our founding fathers to go against a monarchy says a lot. It's not just our founding fathers. It's the people that were living here at that time. They were sick and tired of being told what to say, what to do, where to live, and then guess what? Have no way of defending themselves. Have no way of defending themselves. Excuse me, that's plural. So needless to say, whenever someone tries to tell me how to speak, what to say, oh, you can't say that, I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Like, like back when I was younger, I mean, I'm, I'm not old, I'm 39, but back in my 20s, I would have been like, shut, shut it. Like, just like, I would have been way more uh, vocal. But now I just, I just shoo it away. I don't even really respond to it because it's not worth my time and my brain space. Because typically whenever someone's trying to correct me, it's usually someone that's a little bit younger than me, sometimes quite a bit younger than me. And they do not have enough life experience under their belt to understand what they even really believe in because they're believing in something that goes against America. And you know, let me say this. Whenever you believe in something that goes against America, you are an idiot and a moron, especially, especially if you live here in the United States. Because whenever you believe in something that goes against America or violates someone else's rights, You're throwing away the liberties and the freedoms that other people have sacrificed their lives for for you to have. Because freedom is not free. It's expensive and it typically costs lives. So needs to say, please be kind and respectful of other people. Not just their opinions and their views, but just in general. And if you don't agree with someone, who gives a rat's posterior? I mean, even squirrels don't get along. I mean, and they fight over acorns. You know, so let's not be animalistic. Let's be kind and genuine. So needless to say, don't be a moron. You know, don't don't be a jerk about things. And don't try and control and manipulate other people. That just, 
It saddens me actually whenever people do that to me. Like back when I was younger, it really angered me. <laughs> you know, but I was also a young Republican. So conservatives, we've had a lot of crap, excuse me to deal with, excuse my language. We've had a lot of stuff, so to speak, stupid stuff to deal with for decades. And it's like the moment we ever speak up about anything, oh, you're wrong. We're trying to be inclusive here. and we don't like what you're saying it's like well if you're really being inclusive then you would not be trying to silence me see that's the lie of inclusivism inclusivism says oh we tolerate everybody except you when you open your mouth because we just don't agree with you if i don't like what you say then i'm going to claim that oh you're hurting my feelings so you can't talk like that you can't say that that's not how this country was founded i mean grow up change your diaper I mean, grow up, seriously. Just stop sucking on your thumb and grow up. You know, this country was founded by extremely tough people. What's interesting is that the people that are whining and complaining and claiming to be victims or whatever, they are the weakest, stupidest people I have ever met. And I don't mean that negatively, but it's just like, you know what? Imagine if these people that uh why to complain all the time and try and control your speech and say oh we can't talk about that or you know we're trying to be inclusive here can you imagine any of those people fighting for for this country can you imagine any of them joining the military and fighting to protect and preserve the country that we have or or even better yet can you imagine any of them joining the military service during World War 1 or World War 2 i mean here's the thing these people that want to complain and claim to be inclusive and all this stuff They are the least likely to ever defend America and they hardly ever believe in what we do as a culture, as a society, as a country and they are very rarely ever loyal to America. It's always about them and what they want. Well, okay, that's a very selfish mindset to have. And here's the thing, we were not founded by selfish people. I'll say that again. This country The United States of America, we were not founded by selfish people. We were founded by selfless people, meaning they put their lives on the line for the sake of the future of what they wanted to accomplish for true freedom. They wanted a democracy, not a monarchy. Hey, if you want to control someone else's brain, why don't you go to communist China and see how that works out? They have slave la- slave labor, excuse me. They have um workers rights violations, they have human rights violations. And they have a horrible grotesque prison uh prison system. Basically, when you go to prison over there, you are never ever heard from again. Ever. And you get a speedy trial like this world has never seen <laughs> because you're never heard from again. I mean, just just think about the freedoms and just the the blessings that we have here in the United States and i say it's because you know i remember when um i was a teeny bopper in my 20s i never told people what to say and what not to say i never said oh we we can't talk about that we yo know, oh we we can't do that i i just didn't do that i just it never dawned on me to try and shut somebody up you know if you're trying to shut somebody up that you're basically setting the constitution of the United States on fire because you're saying that you know more than our founding fathers and also you you think you have the audacity to think or say you know more than God 
because we were founded as one nation under God. Now, for those that are slightly ignorant or completely ignorant of our history, which can happen, especially with the younger people, because they're not being taught, and this is not their fault. I want to say this straight up. A lot of these younger people that I meet, that are like in their 20s and younger, that are just so irritating sometimes, their ignorance is not completely their fault. And here's why. They are not being taught the history of the United States. Instead, they're being taught critical race theory. They're, they're being taught environmentalism. They're being taught sex ed. This is why they have no loyalty to the United States. This is why they cannot stand conservatives. This is why they want to silence other people because they think their voice is more important because they speak louder than everybody. You know, it's like I've said in times past, you know, everybody has a violin, but not everybody plays it at the same level. So needs to say these younger people, there are times I feel really sorry for them because they're so ignorant and so stupid and so incompetent. And it's it's you know, the the older you get, the more it is your fault. Because And I say this with as much kindness as possible. Once you reach the age of 18, you are legally an adult in the United States. And so once you reach the age of 18, you have a responsibility to be an adult because you are an adult. So wherever you are incompetent or ignorant or foolish or just absent of mind, whatever the case may be, whatever those difficult areas are in your life, it's your job to correct those areas and to make them better. The public school system and or your family or church or whatever, they only have the first 18 years, actually the first 17 years of your life to give you everything that they can. I don't mean money, possessions, I mean education, knowledge, discipline, morals, values, ethics. They only have the first 17 years of your life to instill those things in you. But if you're being raised by idiots and morons, that are disloyal to the United States then you're going to be screwed up. Also, if you go to a school that doesn't teach young people about the history, just the basic founding of our country, you're going to be very ignorant even though you think you know it all by the time you're 18 or whatever. You you don't even know the half of it, literally. So, some of these young people's ignorance, I would say some of it is not their fault because they're not being taught and they're not being told how to live correctly. They're getting a lot of their education from like Twitter and Facebook and TikTok. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, it's uh um education is not what it used to be. So needs to say, you know, if you're age 18 and older, you have the responsibility to educate yourself, whether that's going to college or maybe going to a Votech, and I think Votechs are awesome. In fact, I wanted to go to Votech school when I was younger. I actually wanted to do that as opposed to going to college because I thought it was so cool because you have hands-on experience. And plus once you graduate from Votech, which is like 2 or 4 years depending on your your line of work that you want to do or your apprenticeship, you can get a job immediately and make really good money. Well, here's the thing, back when I was in high school, it was really um not socially acceptable for women to go to Votech schools unless you were pregnant out of wedlock. because they just considered you to be stupid and that, you know, you're just too busy um not keeping your pants on that they don't think that you can really hold down a job. That was the impression of young women back in the day. And I hated it. 
I hated it. I was like that is not how you're supposed to treat young women because we're we're not all acting in that same manner. So, needless to say, it was mostly guys that were encouraged to go to Votech and I was like I really wanted to go. I actually wanted to learn, was it to be an electrician? I'm trying to remember what it was. There's something to do with electricity and engineering. Um, but it was like, no, that's for boys. You know, because you're a girl, you should be a teacher. Well, back then I hated children. So I didn't like kids. <laughs> I do now. But back then I was like, I don't want to be around little kids all day. I can't stand them. I was like, I I want to do engineering. I want to do, you know, something else with my life. It's like, no, you have ovaries and a uterus and you produce more estrogen, so you should be around kids all day. I was like, you do not want me to be around children all day. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> no, 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 no. So anyway, that's just some of the stupidity of the Bible belt um way of thinking. So again, even though Oklahoma is in the Bible belt, let me tell you something folks, it is not religious. They may claim to be religious, they may claim to be Christian. Um that is not how they vote. There are many Oklahomans, <coughs> excuse me, that are for abortion, that are for late term abortion, they're for killing anything and everything. Um let me t- let me say this, eugenics has never left Oklahoma. It is still rampant here, rampant here. And uh that very much disappoints me because I'm like, you know, if you if you're going to pretend to be pro-life, please don't be pretending. You either need to really be pro-life or be pro-choice. At least, you know, respect your own opinion, you know what I mean? Anyway, let me get a drink of water hold on just a second. So anyway, long intro to that, but I did want to go over some of those things because sometimes I meet some weird people and they just think that they can control your speech and I'm like wow you are a walking talking lawsuit <laughs> and you will lose and you will lose all your money and your property and guess what uh you deserve it if you violate someone's rights like that especially freedom of speech woo you deserve to be poor and I'm not saying that harshly I'm just saying that there's a reason why we have civil uh lawsuits there's a reason why there's also a reason why we have criminal cases but In terms of violating someone's freedom of speech, um grow up. Stop wearing a diaper. Being adult. Suck it up. Let me put it this way. If you can drive through the uh drive-through at McDonald's and order a Big Mac, there is no excuse for you to be stupid or ignorant. There's just not. So grow up. Um but anyway, let's take a look at this administration here. Um again, federal agency, it is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. and it is abbreviated as NHTSA so it was formed December 31st 1970 the preceding agency was the National Highway Safety Bureau so that might sound familiar its jurisdiction obviously is going to be the United States and motor vehicles it is headquartered in Washington DC aka the swamp let's train it and the motto is people saving people <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> I find that to be comical because um the liberal left and I I say the liberal left because not everybody that's democrat agrees with what um I am about to say or or how the liberal left thinks. So, did you have a lot of moderate democrats and I feel sorry for them because their party has been taken over by some extremists because you know, I love my democrats. I love my democrat friends. I think they're awesome. It's just these crazy ones. 
that are just so obnoxious and rude and hateful and they're just anti-America. I mean, they just ruin it for everybody. I mean, that saying one bad apple can ruin the whole barrel, that is so true. But anyway, um unfortunately right now with the Biden administration, and again, I don't blame Biden, and I really mean that says before, Biden is mentally incompetent. And it's not willful incompetence. He's had two brain aneurysms, so he's had two neurosurgeries. So, and plus he's like in his 80s. So, he's just being used as a puppet um by the Democratic Party, and I think that's very cruel to do that to someone that obviously is not up for the job. When he was younger, probably like 20 years ago, I think he would have been totally up for the job. I still would not have voted for him because I I don't agree with him on on several policies. Some I do agree with him on, but many I do not. But I don't think it's right to use someone ever, but especially when they are mentally incompetent. I just I just think that's evil because it is. But anyway, so right now the uh, the Biden administration is trying to ban uh basically oil and gas and drilling in the United States and they've actually done a really good job of that, which is why our gas prices are so excessively high and that's why we're getting dirty oil and dirty uh, dirty fuel from Venezuela and from some other countries and I say dirty that means that whenever you put it in your car and you fill up or whatever, you know, you fill up uh, your vehicle with a uh, as to say petroleum with petrol um it's a dirty fuel so it's not being processed correctly because it's being processed cheaply in a very corrupt country who we should not be doing business with at all and so whenever you're running your car on this dirty fuel it's actually polluting the country even more than if you're using cleaner fuel so that's just kind of the hypocrisy of the liberal left also um in the liberal left they want everybody to drive electric cars Well, that's not really feasible, especially in I would say the central part of the United States. It's just that's that's not going to happen in Oklahoma or Texas or Kansas where, you know, typically we do have a lot of drilling. You have to have trucks, you have to have fuel. You can't do everything with electricity and electricity it has to be fueled somehow. It like for example, we've talked about this in times past with OG&E, who I'm not a fan of, because they are a corrupt electric company here um in the city of Oklahoma City which I'm not a fan of them at all um especially what they're doing but here's the thing you know it's it's a Oklahoma gas and electric right OG&E so they provide you with those things especially electricity but here's the thing the way one of the ways that they provide you with electricity is they use natural gas at their facilities so We are never going to completely get rid of natural fuels or gases. Like we have to use it for so many things. So I mean, if you think we're going to live off of a turbine or a windmill, good luck with that because that's not going to happen. That that's not how energy works. Especially when you're trying to be energy independent, not dependent. We should be completely energy independent. Meaning as a country, as the United States of America we should not be relying on anyone for fuel or electricity or anything we have all these natural resources here in the United States we have it already here why we're not using it i don't understand why it just is so confusing to me because the environmentalists you know they claim to care about people but they really don't they're just like trudeau except i don't think they are as evil as trudeau And in case you don't know who Trudeau is, he's the prime minister, the the moron that's in charge of Canada right now. But here's the thing, words they're known for pretty much tolerating anything and everything like, you know, for a Canadian to are. Stalin 
completely ban and close down all church and manipulation and that's what the liberal democratic left are doing right now and i say liberal democratic left because not all democrats are liberals and not all of them are progressive so i don't think you can put them all in the same basket it's just permission or justification to be horrible to to another human being regardless of their size their hell um this is why we have checks and balances in terms of federal government and federal governances so to speak and this is why agencies are supposed to be audited every year if not twice a year because if you never audit them then they just keep spending money like you would not believe and unfortunately this is not a good agency in terms of how they're spending money because they're just using it as their personal slush fund and I don't agree with that in any way shape or form because it's taxpayer dollars and mind you I have no doubt they they have very important jobs and probably very important job titles but that does not justify 900 million dollars annually and that's just the minimum so they're spending almost a billion dollars probably over a billion dollars these days because this data is 6 years old This is why we have so much debt in this country, especially from our federal government. Like we need to pull the reins on this. It should not cost over a billion dollars to run a single agency. That that's ridiculous. Like can you imagine if Apple or Amazon if it if it costs them over a billion dollars just to to be open to have their doors open? See that's the difference between the public sector and the private sector. The public sector just spends money. Spend, 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 but they're not being held accountable for what they're doing. The private sector, oh, you better be held accountable because otherwise your 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 company, excuse me, is going to go bankrupt. But what a lot of these federal agencies don't realize is the more they overspend, they're more the more and more they are pushing us towards bankruptcy at a national level. It's not just an individual level, it's a national level. And in case you don't understand what I'm talking about, especially if you're new to this podcast, a national bankruptcy, which would be hell, is basically what Germany went through after the first and second war when they lost it. Like their currency was worthless, the paper, it wasn't even worth spending, so they used it for firewood. That's what national bankruptcy is. It's hell. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a moment. Okay, so moving on. Um their agency executives is Stephen Cliff, he's the acting administrator, and then Jack Danielson, he is the That's interesting Danielson reminds me of like Jack Daniels the alcohol. <laughs> he's the executive director, then you have Ann Carlson, she's the chief counsel. Then you have their parent department is the Department of Transportation. So a little bit of history here it says the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is an agency of the US federal government part of the Department of Transportation and I am let me say this I am in favor of the Department of Transportation because they do a lot to protect Americans. I totally agree with them on so many things. I'm just I I can I can easily look at an agency and look and see what they do and I can totally tell you whether or not they should be spending that kind of money or not. I mean it's basic math. It's like okay, it shouldn't cost that much to do your job and to do it well. So unfortunately, a lot of people that get these federal jobs, they're like, "Oh, I'm golden. I can spend as much as I want and I don't ever have to be held accountable to it." Wrong. They will be held accountable to the Congress and to the American people. 
because it's the Congress that has the power of the purse. And so what this should tell you, this one agency is probably spending over a billion dollars per year, per year, and it's the Congress that writes them that blank check. This is why it's so important to vote Republican for Congress because even if you're Democrat, I don't think you want us to go bankrupt as a country. But there are so many Democrats that run for office, they don't they don't have a clue and they don't understand supply and demand. They don't understand currency and they don't understand that you need to be careful what you're doing with someone else's money. They they just don't get it. They view it as a personal slush fund. It's like, wow, it is not the responsibility and it should not be the goal of these elected officials to bankrupt their own country. And in case you want an example of that, Greece, Spain, Portugal, not so much France, but they're getting there because France is very socialist. Italy, if it wasn't for tourism, they would have totally tanked years ago. Um the UK, um sometimes they border on bankruptcy a little bit. I think if they didn't pay any money to the monarchy anymore, I think they would be better off because again, the monarchy is not in power and has not been in power for a long time ever since the United Kingdom has had a parliament. So, what you have to remember is that the monarchy over in the UK, uh they make millions of dollars per year and they never pay taxes on it and those are tax dollars that are collected from the citizens of the United Kingdom. So they're just these figureheads that don't really do anything, but yet they basically are still getting paid supposedly to have royal blood through, uh, flowing through their veins, but that's really hypocritical because they have so many illegitimate children going back hundreds of years. hundreds of years. And that particular monarchy has had a lot of problems going all the way back to before King Henry the 8th. Like I mean just think about what King Henry the 8th did just on his own. I mean he he had several of his wives murdered. He had them executed. One of them was Anna Boleyn. He wasn't married to her very long, maybe a couple years or something. And um he had her beheaded publicly. I mean, it was very gruesome. So this is not some sweet, innocent family. This is not some sweet, innocent monarchy. They have been, <coughs> excuse me, my throat is dry. Let me get a drink of water. They've been tyrannical for a long time. It's just now that they're not in power. Now they're just getting the money. So they're just sitting around like fat cats, like you wouldn't believe. And the the castles and property that they they live in, it's paid for by the citizens of the U of the UK. So they don't even pay their bills. They don't even work for a living. <laughs> they get paid not to work. That's really sickening. Anyway, uh back to this uh, lovely administration here. It says um it describes its mission as save lives, prevent injuries, reduce vehicle related crashes related to transportation safety in the United States. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know if you're aware of this, but if we go electric with cars, which I'm not a fan of anyway, um you're asking for a lot of problems whenever there's a car wreck. And I know this from speaking to a IMSA worker. I I had no idea that there were problems with electrical cars. But what this IMSA worker told me was that they hate electrical cars because now they've got to go through additional training because whenever a a electric car has a car wreck with a normal car that runs on fuel, they risk a huge electrical fire that will also be fueled by gasoline and also because of the electrical car 
you know, say someone is trapped in their car and it's a Tesla. IMSA, as much as they want to get in there immediately and get that person out, they cannot. Why? Because of the electricity. They could be shocked. Like they could be electrocuted. So, you know, this whole electric car thing being environmentally safe, it's not. It actually costs more money to be running on electricity than just regular fuel. It's actually more dangerous, especially if you get in a wreck. Also, whenever you have two electric cars run into each other, that's a whole lot of electricity that IMSA and the firefighters are having to deal with because they're trying to figure out to make sure that the car is completely shut off. So that way no one gets electrocuted whether the victims or the people trying to help them. So it needs to say it takes them so longer to pull people from a car wreck if it's a Tesla or an electric car because of the risk of being electrocuted to death. That is a big problem, but no one wants you to talk about it. No one wants to say it because oh, you know, we're supposed to be environmentalists. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We are humanists. We just happen to live in an environment that belongs to us. God gave us this planet. That is nothing new. You know, we are supposed to be good stewards of this planet, but that doesn't mean do stupid stuff so that you hinder your life and that you make it more difficult even for the police and IMSA and firefighters to get to you and to help you and to save your life. Like why would you want to make something more difficult? All for the sake of, "Oh, I believe in the environment and I wear a green t-shirt." And I'm against big oil. Really? If you're against oil, um do you ever use WD-40? You know, do you ever um let's see. Oh, do you ever fly on a plane? They use oil, they use fuel. I mean, just think about all the things that oil is used for. I mean, just the hypocrisy of these environmentalists. It's crazy. I mean, I'm all for people believing in what they believe in, but whenever you believe in something that is so unbelievably wrong and lacks common sense and just doesn't make sense and it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just like, wow. This is what happens whenever people believe in a false ideology. Because it's the it's their ideology that is causing the problem because they're believing in something that's false. and that doesn't actually help the human race it actually hinders us i mean how sad would it be um let's say you're meeting a loved one at like a restaurant or something and they get in a car wreck on the way and you hear about and you go to the scene and you want to save them but you can't get in because the, their vehicle is electric and if, and if you touch that vehicle you will be electrocuted This stuff is real. This is not made up. Like this like that is a health and safety concern right there. Especially with transportation. So, FYI be aware of that. Um it says here the NHTSA is charged with writing and enforcing federal motor vehicle safety standards as well as regulations for motor vehicle theft resistance. Good luck with that, especially in California and New York. and also a fuel economy as part of the corporate average fuel economy system um it says the FMVSS 209 was the first standard to become effective on March 1st 1960 took can't remember exactly what it was um in terms of filtering cars or filtering the air whatever they did and so now there's not as much smog that is a true testament to them caring about people doing the right thing 
and trying to protect and preserve not only people but also the environment which is what we live in. So what I find to be very odd about environmentalists these days, not talking about past ones, I'm talking about current ones. The environmentalists of today, they put environment the the environment above human life. That makes no sense because the environment is for us, it's for people, and we are part of the environment. So it doesn't make sense to be so pro environment that you dishonor and disrespect people because we are part of the environment. Like none of this is here by accident. This planet, this galaxy, this solar system was built for us. It wasn't built for gerbils or snakes. It was built for people so that we could survive and thrive and do really well. What's interesting is that environmentalists back in the day like in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, they valued human life more than the environmentalists of today. If anything, It really creeps me out how hateful and evil the environmentalists are of today. I'll give you an example. Um I was reading about the I think it's called the La Brea tar pits in California. I think it's in uh, Los Angeles if I'm not mistaken. They have a really cool website, but they have a really creepy video. And um uh initially it starts out, you know, just being informative about the ice age and, you know, how how the planet heated up. Of course, they're blaming global warming, but Our planet heats up and cools off all the time because we are a living breathing planet. If it doesn't heat up or cool off, not or something and she works there at the museum, seems very educated but she's very hateful, very hateful individual. Um she uh, said, you know, basically in one of her videos, you know, why is it that we don't have mammoths anymore or we we don't have the same kind of grasslands or or whatever. I can't remember exactly how she worded it. And she goes, it's because of people, humans. Humans cause this. Humans cause global warming. And it's just this hateful, disturbing video. Like my mouth dropped. I was like, I can't watch any more of this. Like I love documentaries. I love science. I love learning about the history of the planet. But, um, wow. So if she really thinks that humans are the problem. Is she going to throw herself in the river and just not have a a carbon footprint anymore? Like see that's the stupidity of these environmentalists. They claim that people are the problem, which is why they're for abortion, but they're not willing to bump themselves off. And I'm not saying you should do that. That's a terrible horrible thing to do. I'm just saying that that's the hypocrisy. They're saying that people are the problem, babies are the problem, but they don't think they're a problem even though they are human as well and have a carbon footprint. too. So it just there's so much hypocrisy to that. It's like, wow, if you think people are the problem, aren't you just dissing yourself there? Like it's it just makes no sense to me. So anyway, that's why I don't agree with environmentalism of today. I do agree with it from times past because in times past it, it was about loving nature, it was about loving people. These days it's about loving nature but hating people. But we're not supposed to hate people. Far from it. We're supposed to love people. That doesn't mean that you tolerate or accept them or like them. It means that that you love them. Basically, love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, just because you love somebody doesn't mean you have to like them. You know, just think about that. Like, I mean, like I love everybody, but I don't like everybody. <laughs> you know, it's just 
some people's personalities they they just make it very difficult to like and so that's that's just kind of how we are everybody's different let me get a drink of water hold on just a moment but anyway i'm uh, moving on with this article it says the federal motor vehicle safety standards are contained in the united states 49 cfr i guess it's like a code system that they have additional federal vehicle standards are contained elsewhere in the cfr Another of NHTSA's major activities is the creation and maintenance of the data files maintained by the National Center for Statistics and Analysis. In particular, the Fatality Analysis Reporting System, also known as FARS, FARS, has become a resource for traffic safety research not only in the United States, but throughout the world. I find that very hard to believe because Europeans They claim we don't know how to they they claim we don't know how to drive but yet they have the autobahn like over in Germany where they drive like over 100 miles an hour. So if you get in a car wreck out there um or or over there, excuse me, you you are going to die in it. Like there's really no chance of survival. So for them for for the EU or for Europe in any way shape or form to criticize us, I find that to be very hypocritical considering that most countries in Europe are socialist, they believe in eugenic and late-term abortion. Um Strangely, they don't believe in execution, especially of rapists and murderers, which is really strange. Like they're for killing babies and children, but they're but they're not for executing people that actually kill other people. It just makes no sense to me. So there's just a lot of hypocrisy to Europe, and it's just like sometimes you have to take what Europe says with a grain of salt, because um, Europe, the, the further it gets away from God, the further it gets away from Christianity, just in general. the more chaotic and the more socialist it gets and then they wonder why they have high taxes and why they have less and less freedoms and why they have more and more human rights violations at the hands of their government. So that's why because if you make government your god um that's going to be a very pagan lifestyle. Good luck with that. So let me get a drink of water hold in just a second. Okay, so moving on it says research contributions <coughs> using FARS by researchers from many countries appear in many non-US technical publications and provide a significant database and knowledge bank on the subject. Here's the thing, I don't think countries really care about what we think they are do, especially like for example in India. Um in India, I don't know if you realize this, but many parts of India most of their drivers do not have car insurance. And they drive like crazy over there, but they don't they don't have as many car wrecks as we do because Excuse me, they a lot of them don't have car insurance. So they know they know if they get in a wreck, more than likely they cannot afford to replace their car. So even though they drive like crazy over there compared to us, they do what they can to not get in a wreck because they cannot afford to replace their car. So interesting there. Um let's see here. In terms of a little bit of history, it says in 19 cars did not have seat belts, they did not have airbags. There were so many safety features they did not have back then. They also did not have um what's it called? Port that was written by a guy, I think it was uh Ralph Nader. It says that um he wrote something it's it's called uh unsafe at any speed. He was an activist lawyer and um There was a report that was prepared by the National Academy of Sciences and it was entitled Accidental Death and Disability: The Neglected Disease of Modern Society. So, what can survive if you were in a car wreck? So, instead of bringing anything remotely similar to an ambulance, they would just bring um basically a Hertz, a Hertz, however you pronounce that word. It's whatever you put coffins in. 
uh, for a funeral parlor. And so the medical examiner would show up and would determine whether or not basically you're going to live. And um, if you showed any kind of, I guess, feasible uh, rates of survival, they had basically a station wagon that they would put you in the back of and take you to the hospital. And that eventually became the modern ambulance. But most of the time, people just died at the scene. They they would always call a funeral home because there it just wasn't safe. They didn't have airbags. They they did not have seat belts. None of that. So times have changed. Um, it says in 1966, Congress held a series of publicized hearings regarding highway safety. They passed legislation to make the installation of seat belts mandatory and created the United States Department of Transportation. On October 15th, 1966, and I very much agree with that. Um, let's see here. And then there was legislation signed by President Lyndon Johnson in 1966. Let's see. This includes the National Traffic and Motor Vehicle Safety Act, and then you have the Highway Safety Act, and that created the National Traffic Safety Agency, the National Highway Safety Agency, and the National Highway Safety Bureau. And basically, a lot of these. Combined to become this agency that we're talking about right now, um, it says once the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards came into effect, vehicles not certified by the maker or importer as compliant with United States safety standards were no longer legal to import into the United States. So we got really strict, really quick. So this is why there's try to think of the best way to describe this. There's a reason why um, imports went up in price. It's because they were banned. Um, they were not allowed in the United States unless they were considered like a classic car. Like they they weren't being sold as like an everyday car. It was like all of a sudden considered a luxury item if it did not meet the standards of what the federal government was implementing. So this is why we have basically antique cars and how they operate in being antique cars, and also why they're not made anymore. It's because they they did not. Pass the test of being safe for Americans, and and rightfully so. I, I agree with them on this because I think, um, try to think the best way to say this. Because I don't want to say that oh we should just always be focusing on safety. That's so we're focused on safety. Like are we all supposed to walk around with a helmet on? I mean no. You know what I mean? Like you you, you can go extreme, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying that cars needed to be made safer anyway. Because that had been an issue for a long time. Because more and more people were driving. That's an, that's another thing people forget. Back in the day, not everybody had a car. Not ever not every family had a car. Like back in the day, I remember back in the late '80s, um, people typically had one or two cars, and there was a family car. So now families have multiple cars. That was not how it was back in the day. Most of the time, people only had one car, and usually it was the man that drove it to and from work, and the wife was left at home. <laughs> and if she wanted to go to the grocery store, she had to walk. So things have changed, right? Um, it says Congress established NHTSA in 1970 with the Highway Safety Act of 1970. Let's see here. Goes on to say um, uh, this agency. They they basically expanded the scope to include consumer information programs, which is good because people do need to be informed. It says since then, automobiles have become far better at protecting their occupants and vehicle impacts. That's true up until Tesla came out um, with electric cars. I think they're very dangerous. Like I don't like driving near them. It, it bothers me. 
Um, it says here the number of deaths on American highways is around 33,000 annually, and that is a lower rate than in the 1960s. But I, I bet it's more than 33,000, especially with electric cars coming out because they're not safe. Um, let's see here. I don't really care to talk about international. Um, I don't care to talk about other countries because it's we, we already know about them. Um, we can talk more about them later, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about with this. Um, let's see here performances. So I'm going to read off some numbers here, and I'll close with this because we're going over a little over an hour. So in terms of different countries, I'm going to talk about briefly about the United States, Great Britain, Canada, and Australia. We're going to talk about fatalities here. So in 1979, the United States had 51,093 fatalities. In Great Britain, in that same year, they had 6,352. In Canada, they had 5,863. In Australia, they had 3,508. Now you're probably thinking, "Wow, we have way more by the thousands." That's true, but we also are a larger country, and we have way more people on the road, way more. So it's just a numbers game. Now you fast forward to 2002. Um, the fatalities in the United States was about forty-two thousand eight hundred and fifteen. Then in Great Britain, it did not go down by much at all. It went down to three thousand four hundred thirty-one. Canada, it didn't fluctuate that much. It went down to two thousand nine hundred thirty-six. Then you have Australia, one thousand seven hundred and fifteen. So, what's interesting is that the people or the country that made the most improvement was the United States. That is amazing, right there. So that's actually really good, very good indeed. Because I think it's, I think it's one of those things like a lot of people think that, oh, Europe knows what they're doing because they have the autobahn, or maybe they don't drive as fast, they don't have guns, all this stuff. Europe has its own problems. I mean, tremendous problems. All you have to do is ask their citizens, especially the ones that are suffering over there. It's not always what you think. Like for example, um, I saw a video yesterday of. I guess they're having problems in Germany and in I think it's the UK with um, they're called eco I think eco protesters like they're protesting against big oil and so you have these people that are sitting on the highways and freeways freeways and roadways over in Europe and um, they're actually halting and stopping traffic and people are trying to get to and from work people are trying to get to hospitals and it's You know these countries and these areas, they've had to call in the police, and they've had to drag these protesters off the roads. And so, what these protesters do is they they pull, I guess, what's called the it's not the dead man lift. What's it called? Like they basically go limp, like a fish or whatever. And so they purposely make themselves super heavy. And so the protesters are now complaining about. I don't know police brutality and 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 whatnot. And I've looked at the videos. They're they're not practicing brutality. They're just trying to make the roadways safe. Because hey, look, if you want to protest, great, but do it the right way. The last thing you should be doing is sitting on a highway or any kind of road where there's traffic or any kind of road in general, and purposely block traffic and hold up your sign and your banner and, in, and inconvenience other people. Like the way to. Have a peaceful protest is to go to your legislature. I mean, everybody can have an opinion that's great, but if you want to make real change, you're not going to do it by inconveniencing people on the roadways. That's a very dangerous thing to do. And then these protesters are claiming, "Oh, we're getting run over." Well, that's your own stupid fault for standing in front of a car. 
I mean, and then getting in the way of a car, like like you're putting yourself right in front of the vehicle, like you're making yourself a human speed bump. Um, you can't really cry victim when you're the one that's causing the problem. And again, I understand they're not a fan of oil, these protesters, but it's like, again, uh, I wonder do do they cook with their stove? I mean, do do they live in a teepee and, and they don't ever use electricity? Do they ever shop at a grocery store? Cuz grocery stores use electricity and sometimes it's by fuel. I mean, it's just the hypocrisy of these people is just unbelievable. I mean, it's like again, if you want to protest, fine, but do it peacefully and do it in a way that has common sense. You need to go to your elected officials. It's not appropriate to make other people's lives a living hell. Kind of reminds me of these people that think that they should control your your speech. Sorry, you can't do that. We have freedom of speech. And here's the thing: a roadway. One of the reasons why these protesters, you know, they have every right to protest. Okay, they do, but not on a roadway like that. The roadway is public property, meaning it's the government of that country or that area or that city or town or province that owns it, which means. that roadway is built and maintained by the local i guess you could say traffic board or the people that work for that local government and it's paid for by your fellow man via taxes so whenever you're protesting and you're on a highway or a freeway or some kind of roadway uh and you're blocking traffic you're actually violating a whole lot of laws and you're not getting anything done So, I mean, being one of these crazy environmentalists and and just putting yourself in front of a car, not smart folks, not smart. Here's the smart way to do this. Go to your legislators, talk to them. If you really believe in something, even if I disagree with it, you have every right to speak up because there's freedom of speech in this world. It's not always available in every country. But You have every right to go speak to your legislature. That that's the whole point of being a citizen of any country is that you should have the right to speak to your elected officials. What's interesting is that the United States um is the only country where we have the most freedoms. So I always find it very interesting when people talk trash about America. I'm like, "Well, if you don't like it here, why don't you move?" And then they get mad about that. I was like, "Well, look, you don't sound like you're happy here. Excuse me, you don't sound like you like it here." So then why do you stay here? It just makes no sense to me. Like if you're really that miserable and I don't know, pathetic or weird, I mean, why don't you just move? I mean, it's just duh. I mean, it's common sense. So what I think would be really interesting is if these protesters, you know, if they really wanted to impress me, which I don't think they care to at all because they don't know me, but I think if they really want to impress people in general, let me do this in general. If they really wanted to impress people, they would move to like a mud hut or like a reservation, have no electricity and no running water. That would impress me. I think that would impress the planet that they're that serious about being anti-big oil that they're willing to give up all these modern conveniences. They're they're willing to sacrifice these things for what they believe in. But here's the thing, I don't think they actually really care um to sacrifice those things because i think they're selfish hateful evil people because they think this planet 
revolves around them and only them and and that's not what it means to be part of a community. Being a part of a community means that you're supposed to get along with other people. That doesn't mean you have to agree on everything, but you're not supposed to willfully and knowingly inconvenience someone like that like on a roadway. And also it's not smart to put your life at risk. I mean seriously think about like what's the point of sitting on a highway or a freeway? I mean to to fight big oil or something like do you really think that oil company gives a rat's posterior about you? I mean really. I don't mean that hatefully, not by any means, but I mean if I owned a oil company and I saw people protesting in another country and they're sitting on the highway, I'd be like, "Well, wow, how dumb can you You're basically inconveniencing my customers. So, I'm not going to be for you, I'm going to be against you." And then I'd also question, okay, You know again, do you live in a mud hut? Do you live in a teepee? Do you not participate in society? Do you ever ride a bus? Do you ever take a cab? Do you ever go to a amusement park? Do you ever stop at a gas station and you know maybe get a slurpee or a smoothie? Oh, I thought you were against big oil. See, the the hypocrisy of the environmentalists today, it really disappoints me because the environmentalists of years ago, several decades ago, they actually had a point. They actually had a point. These people today, they're just crazy liberal nutbags. They they just they are just very lost people because the reason why they're lost is because they are clinging to a ideology that is completely false and is leading them astray. And I just think that's so sad because I think their time could be better spent enriching their life so that way they can help others. But if you're not enriching your life and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing in your life, then you can't really help anybody else. I mean, we all know there's risk whenever you drill for something, whether you're drilling for oil or water or plutonium. I mean, whatever you're you're drilling for or mining for, I mean there there's risk even in diamond mines. I mean just think about it. I mean there's risk the moment you walk outside your door. I mean even if you walk everywhere. I I would think especially for pedestrians there's greater risk. I I actually think you're safer in a car when you're trying to get somewhere as opposed to walking. Especially here in Oklahoma because we are not a very walker friendly, I would say um we're not a pedestrian kind of state. You know, I I wish we were. I wish we walked and I wish they were better maintained, but that's just not how our how our state is at the moment, but um I I just really wish these environmentalists would wake up to the lies and the hypocrisy that they have believed in because it's costing them, the taxpayer, billions of dollars over the years. And here's the thing, I don't I don't care what political party you're in. When your money's being wasted, especially by your government, that's a big problem. because that's not a party issue that's a government issue and that always gets my attention because here's the thing I don't think our currency will ever fail but here's the thing if your currency fails everybody's affected equally there isn't oh the democrats they they won't be affected or oh republicans won't be affected that's not how currency works that's also not how that's also not how policy works policy especially public policy meaning coming from the federal or state government it affects everybody equally so this is why it's so important to elect people that are not quick to punish others and it just seems to me time and time again these crazy liberal nutbags that are in the democratic party 
they are super quick to i would say put into effect legislation that punishes people it's basically do what i want or else that is not diplomatic that is not a democracy that's not capitalism that's not liberty and that's not freedom that's hence that's why they're crazy liberal nutbags and typically they're they're marxists or they're socialists sometimes they're fascists but a lot of them are marxists and communists although they don't want to admit that because they they know those words are seen as very negative because it is a very negative lifestyle it is a very negative ideology and a very negative theology because again even though marxism and communism is not god or the god of abraham which is one of the same thing again whatever you worship or or whatever you you practice is technically what you're worshiping so if you're practicing something that doesn't believe in a god well it doesn't really matter because whatever you're practicing is your god that's why you have to be careful about what you believe in because the last thing you want to do is believe in something that violates your rights because whenever something violates your rights it doesn't matter whether you're democrat or republican when something violates your rights that's long term because it can take a while to reverse the damages and the effects of that legislation that that's why this stuff is so important it's very important because it it affects the here and now and the future of your life and your country and, and the lives of your fellow man and when i say fellow man that includes men women and children it includes everybody gay straight sexually confused hermaphrodite transgender gay lesbian homosexual i mean extremely straight i mean whatever it is legislation affects everybody equally that's what it's supposed to do and here's the thing if you have bad legislation guess what it affects everybody equally but in a very bad manner that's why it's so important to be careful who you, who you elect to public office whether it's state local or federal or even just a school board. It's very important who has that position, who has those roles, who has that power. Because here's the thing, just because someone wants the power doesn't mean that they should be a leader. I think that I think that's been a big problem here lately the last couple of years, especially with the Biden administration. Um like if you watch some of the Senate hearings where Biden is goons nominate these different people for different different positions whether it's like a circuit court or a a job within the federal government that normally isn't a big deal but because this administration is so crazy liberal and weird they are they they are putting some really weird people into offices that they should never have power in whatsoever and that's very concerning because many of these people that are being nominated by the Biden administration they are not pro America they're actually against America and just think how can you be against America but be an american citizen how can you be against america when you live in america but that 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 just makes no sense whatsoever none i just don't get it because as americans we have it really good But the reason why we have it really good is because of all all the all the people that have fought for what we have. And this is not free what we have. It costs money and it costs lives. And we have a responsibility to not throw that freedom away. That's why it's so important to not go along with false ideologies or false theologies or false agendas.
I mean, even feminism is not what it used to be. And, you know, I used to be a feminist, but I'm like a traditional feminist. I'm not for this crazy stuff that they do these days. That's why I've had to change, you know, basically how I describe myself because I guess I'm a traditional feminist, but compared to today, I'm not a feminist at all compared to what they believe in. I'm more of a humanist. Because the original feminists, they never wanted to abort babies. They never wanted to abort children. They wanted to protect children. The original feminists, they just wanted equal rights and equal pay. They didn't want to kill their kids or their babies or things of that nature. I mean just but these days to be a feminist a lot of them are marxists and they're proud of it. They're proud of their marxism and that's not the American way. And they they they're free to believe that. But just because someone is free to believe that that doesn't mean that they would make a good leader and that they should be in public office. That's where it becomes a problem. because whatever someone whatever someone believes in typically that dictates how they manage their life and their responsibilities especially as a leader in society and that that's where it gets concerning for me whenever people sound just so anti-america I'm like then why are you here move to mexico for all I care I mean go 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 live in whatever country you want but don't ruin it for the rest of us that's not right It just it just makes no sense to me how hateful some people can be. Now, and I will say this. I actually do agree with what most of what this agency does, this administration, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, but their budget is out of control. Way out of control. But see, here's the thing, whose fault is that? That's our fault. Why? Because we the people, we are the government. We decide who is in public office so if we don't like what's going on then it's our job to vote correctly or differently whatever the case may be come the next elections whatever they may be whether it's for governor or president of the United States or city council or the mayor you know whatever the case may be but to sit back on the sidelines of life and just act like a victim all the time is one of the stupidest dumbest things i've ever seen and that's what a lot of these younger people do especially these younger women i see them in youtube videos they 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 just sound nutty i'm just like man they are throwing away their livelihood they're throwing away their youth and their livelihood and their energy false hope and false dream and it's all built on hate and bitterness And I'm like, wow, usually people are people are not hateful or bitter till they're really old, <laughs> you know, because they're frustrated. Um, but anyway, I I will end it there, but I am for this this agency, just not their big budget, and they need to do a better job of um controlling their budget and implementing safety standards. not manipulation control over people's public property not not public property well my my mistake private property <laughs> their your vehicle belongs to you it doesn't belong to the government but anyway i will go ahead and end this podcast but as usual until next time i pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much god bless and bye bye